So we should be walking in this gospel light till my journey is over and I travel no more. I'll be home safe and sound, free. Amen. Well, we've been talking about a better life. Amen. So I want somebody to tell me about your better life. Why don't you stand up and tell me about your better life? Go ahead. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? How you feel about your new life? Huh? Amen. My load's lighter. I just started living. Found me a brand new life. Changed my direction. Took away all of my strife. I'm a newborn believer with the holy and feeling. Days are lighter. My load is lighter. My days are brighter. I just started living. Oh, I just started living. I found me a brand new life. Changed my directions and took away all of my strife. I'm a newborn believer with this holy and feeling. Days are brighter. My load is lighter. Just started living. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? How you feel about your new life? Amen. Don't feel good about your new life? You want the old life back? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, that's the overall goal. You know, is Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you may have life and that more abundantly. See, so when we get into this thing and we start to follow in and realize who we are in Christ, we see the newness that he brings to us. It's refreshing. It starts fresh and anew. You know, and that's why when you're born again of the water and the spirit, you are to now walk in that new life. We are to walk in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of our flesh. Amen. This life in Christ is so much better. It's so much better. Most of us can look back at our old lives and see the things we were doing that was wrong. We didn't treat people right. But now, in this spirit that we now live and walk in, it is so much better for us. We don't wake up with headaches from being drunk. You know, we don't uh, do all the crazy stuff we used to do. You know, I know my mind is 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 pretty clear. You know, as Isaiah says, he will keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because we trust in him, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. So somewhere in our walk, we have to get to that point to where we believe what we read and realize what God has brought to us so that we live according and above par. Okay? We, we are to be up. We are to rise up. God has given us his word to encourage us and to strengthen us And so he says, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. You have to get to a point in your life to where you motivate yourself. You have to get to a point in your life, as the old saying, you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. See, and God is giving you the Holy Ghost for that purpose. See, so that you read the word of God because the word of God is what? Quick. It's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, so that when you need strength and encouragement, the Word of God will regurgitate itself, if I can put it that way, so that you can bring it up. See, this is why you study. That's why when you're reading your Bible and something jump off the pages after you, you want to highlight it. Uh, you know, I have my Bibles, I highlight it all up, you know. Because that, and, and I meditate when you see that word sila in the Bible, it means stop or pause and meditate on what you just read. 
Because God is trying to show you something. He's trying to tell you something. And so you want to hide that word in your heart so that when you're going through things in your life, you know what the word of God says. You're comforted through it. And you're able to build yourself up, as Jude said, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It'll keep you steadfast and unmovable in the things of God. Sometimes I ask people, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing, you know. How, how are you really doing? I'm existing. You know, how are you doing? I'm living. You know, that's not living. That's existing. See? To live is you wake up in the morning at old dark 30 and you go, my grandmother is 96. She does PT just for kicks. I can run to Houston like this all the way to Houston and never quit. You know, motivation, self-motivation. You got to sing your cadence to yourself. You know why you got to sing to yourself? Because the scripture tells you to. It says sing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Why? Isaiah 61, 3, he tells you he's giving you a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that you may be trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, so you've got to sing. You've got to get in this old sing unto the Lord hymnal, you know, and get in there and get them old songs out again because those songs was edifying. They build up. They talked about Jesus and they encourage you on this journey. Our forefathers wrote these things because they knew that you and I were someday going to pick that book up and realize the value and importance of it. So we have to build up ourselves on our most holy faith. Amen. You know, if you sing, if you encourage yourself in the Lord, you can get through situations and things without being pulled down. See, the enemy hates it when you sing about Jesus. He hates it when you build up yourself. Because what did he do? He come to kill, to kill, and destroy. See, right. He wants to put you down. So that's why when you're going through things, it seems like it's a tidal wave that's coming, right? But notice what the Lord tell you in Isaiah 43. Fret not. I am with you. He says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you're in the rivers, they're not going to overflow you. When you're in the fire trials of your life, they're not going to burn you. Neither shall the flames kindle against you. For you are what? Mine. I have called you by your name. You are mine. See? So you've got a short. you got, you got exceeding precious promises from God that I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. This is why Paul says the gospel came not in word only, but it came in power, it came in the Holy Ghost, and it came with much assurance. That's why every time you read the word of God, you, you see all the promises. Those are assurances that God is not going to leave you. You know, he just wants to see what you're going to do. So we have to get to that point in our lives where we are walking by faith. We have seen that a new life in Christ is a yielded life. We yield to Christ, not to temptation. You know, we don't give in to temptation. We're new creatures in Christ. We've seen that uh, this new life is a service life. We are servants of the Lord. You are my servants, witnesses, and my servants whom I have chosen, the Lord said, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God form, and neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. So we, we, we are getting to the service. As we was talking last week, you walk into a store and they have what is called customer service. You know, you go to them for help. So we have to have service uh, in this thing. Paul told Timothy, he says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, conversation, and charity, and purity. You know, we're servants. Okay? So we're serving the Lord. We're doing everything he asks of us to do. Amen? Because this life is about serving and serving 
God and serve his other. When you look at Acts 16, Paul lists a litany of people that were servants and helpers of him. See? And so those things which are written are written to encourage us that, hey, you've been called. You've been chosen by God to serve. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. You know, we, we quote that, but are we serving? Are we doing it? Say, the more you do for Christ, the more you're going to live. Say, that, that's where, it, that word, that's where it boils down to. The more you involved in the things of God, the more stronger your life is going to be in Christ and the more excited you're going to be and the more you're going to be able to see what he is doing. As I made the comment Sunday in my message, some people are seeing, but they don't have vision. Say, you're seeing, but you don't have vision. Where are you going? Where is God trying to take you? You know, what are you, what are you looking for? Say, so through the lens of Christ and through his word, we should be able to see what God is doing in our lives. Revealing things. As, I, as I've said times and times again, revelation always brings transformation. When you, he reveals something to you, it should transform you. It should change you. Amen. Because that's his overall goal is that we will be like him. See? And so therefore, he's life. In him was life. See? In him is light. And there is no darkness at all. See? So whatever he is, see, that's what I must be. See, Psalms 113 verse 5 says, Who is the like the Lord our God on high? Who did what? Who humbled himself and became obedient unto death, right? You know, who is it that dwell on high? Who humbled himself and became, behold the things in heaven and in earth? You know. But when you get to Philippians 2, what did Paul say? Let this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and took of him the form of a servant and being found in the likeness of men, you know, he humbled himself. He humbled himself in what? Became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God is highly Exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That is the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess the things in heaven and in earth and been under the earth and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father, right? So the same mind that is in him should be in us. See? Let this mind be in you. Humility. Have the same mind as Christ. If he's light, you got to be life. See? I've given you, Jesus says, I've given you an example. See? So you want to live. You don't want to die. You want to live. I came that they may have life and that more abundantly. See? So a new life is what? Is a spirit-filled life. See, without the Holy Ghost, that's why Romans 8 and 9 says you're none of His. See? But if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. See? And this is what the Spirit does. It gives us life. It brings us this new life. So you're filled with the Spirit so that you can live. That's why Romans 6, Paul says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Right? And so therefore, the Spirit brings life. Ephesians 2, 1, he says, In you who was dead... And your trespasses and sin has he quickened together with him. By grace are you saved. See, he brought us this new life. Now, I've got to live. How do I live? I become obedient to his word. Because he lives, I must live also. See, I can't say I got the Holy Ghost and I walk around in the mully grub. No. On the day of Pentecost, 
The Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And what happened? They spilled out into the street. And what were they accused of? Being drunk. Amen. It was having a good time, if you want to put it that way. They, they was excited about what happened so much that the people thought they was drunk. Well, if I have that same spirit, shouldn't I wake up, you know, with joy unspeakable and full of glory? Why am I focusing on the evil? Why am I focusing on the bad when he's given me life? Amen. My focus is not on those things anymore. They're happening. Yes, they're happening. I know they're happening. They happen in my life. They happen in my family's life. But I can't focus on that. My Bible tells me to cast all my cares upon the Lord because he cared for me. So that's what I do. I, I pass it off. I don't have time to focus on what is going on that is evil and negative around me. Whether it's in my family or someone else's family, my job is to live. Amen. To magnify the Lord, to exalt the Lord. Because the Bible says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So I have to let God work. He'll work if I let him. He knows the road I'm on. He knows the things I'm going through. He wants me to live. You know, look at Psalm 42. What did David ask this soul? He says, what's wrong with you? He says, why are you downtrodden? He says, you know, why are you disquieted? He said, don't you trust in God? He says, I will trust in him because why? I will praise him because he's the help of my continence. See? Because when I praise God, he brings my continence up. He brings my joy back up. See? That's why you got to learn to sing. It's a, the Spirit is in you. I think the Scripture says, don't you grieve the Holy Ghost. Right? Don't make the Holy Ghost sad. <laughs> There's nothing written that the Holy Ghost is sad. <laughs> it's joy unspeakable. So use the Holy Ghost for what it's for. Okay? Let God build you up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, get excited about it. You know, of what you got. You know, and enjoy this life of separation unto the Lord. Amen. Let the Spirit work in you. Wherefore, be not unwise, Paul says in Ephesians 5, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms. Quote the psalms to yourself. You know, don't wait till you die to quote the psalms. Man, I hear more psalms 23 at funerals than I ever want to hear in my life. That's probably why I can quote it. You know? People seem to run to the psalms when people die. You know? No! You need to build yourself up through them. They are written for our learning and for our example. So Paul tells us here, speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and make melody in your heart to your Lord. I can remember a few years ago, I looked through the thing. Everybody's down there in the Sunday school room. You know, you, you remember those that kids, Miriam, you remember that? Making melody in my heart. Making melody. You know, here's all these kids down there in, in the Sunday school room. And I looked and there was Dan Susan. He's down there. You know, a grown man down there with the kids saying, Making melody in my heart. Making melody. Joy. The kids was happy. He was happy. Little songs like that. Think about it. Make melody in your heart. You do it. You know, it's what you're, Paul is saying here. Make melody in your heart unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise continually with the fruits of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you because this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. He didn't say, Rufus, you know, this is going to be a sweet walk today, son. He didn't say that. He said, this is the day that I have made. Right. You know, and so if my day turns out to be tipsy-turvy, I still got to rejoice. Because uh-huh. he made it. Right. He's taken me to the better place. And so this spirit of life, I've got to realize I've got something new in me that he has given me, and I can't stop using it for what he's given it to me for. Amen. He wants me to live. He wants me to move forward. This better life is not found in the environment or circumstance or the things which we possess. It is found by being filled with the Holy Ghost. As Paul told the people on Mars Hill, for in him we live, we move, we have our being. Amen. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Notice the book of Acts. We say we're Acts Church. I don't see nowhere in the book of Acts anybody sad. I don't see, in, I don't see nowhere in the book of Acts where the people is filled with the Holy Ghost is sitting around in the mully grubs crying and complaining. Nowhere. They're rejoicing. They get beat. <laughs> they, they, they have rejoicing. Man, we was worthy of God. You know, you know, today, you know, somebody go to jail, what do they do? You know, oh, the devil is trying to destroy us, you know. Paul and Silas, beaten for casting the devil out of somebody. They're in the dungeon in prison. And the Bible says at midnight, what did they do? They started singing some praises and worshiping God. And the prisoners heard them. The jailhouse rock. Elvis didn't make that song. Paul and Silas did. The jailhouse rock. And as a result, amen, what happened? They're set free. See, worship frees you. That's what happened is it frees you. You know, you have to be, if, if, you know, a lot of, I think one of the problems with the church is we tell people that God can do anything. And then as soon as we have a situation, we go into mully grub. You know, and then we expect people to believe us. You know, we still got to have joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Amen. It's a new life. Yes. I can choose any moment I want to to just sit down and go into the mullet grubs if I wanted to. You know? But no, you've got to pick yourself up. Get the Word of God. What's your favorite scripture? Amen. Quote it to yourself about 50 times. You know, you'll be surprised what it'll do for you. You know, this is what God is trying to get us to see here, is the fact that the matter is he wants us to be filled with his spirit constantly. You know, Paul says, I think, my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. <laughs> you know, so you ever thought about doing it a while? Maybe it'd be like a Chinese fire drill or something. I don't know. But, but, but get to worship in. He's giving you a garment of praise. Amen. Amen. So throughout the book of Acts, amen, they was constantly changing and constantly worthy and they was constantly excited. Amen. About what God was doing in their lives. They was not fearful about what was transpired. This new life brought a change. It brought love. Notice how they start loving people. You know, whereas they had hated them before, they were separated before, it brought love, it brought joy, it brought peace, it brought patience to them. It brought faithfulness and gentleness and meekness and compassion and mercy and forgiveness. This new life, amen, it it was a quickening by the Spirit, amen. They were not about ready to throw in the towel. They was always, what can we do? They was excited about doing more and more. That's why Paul would write in Romans 8, who shall separate me from the love of God? 
shall tribulations, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, naked, peril, or sword. He says, no. As it is written for thy sake, we are killed all the days long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. He says, no, and all those things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any of the creatures shall separate us from God's love. Amen. To them that received him, what did he do? He gave them power to become the sons of God. So your life must be filled with this spirit. See? And so if you feed the spirit, it's going to live. Amen. If you ever look at Leviticus 6.13, what was the priest to do? Never let the fire go out of the altar. Amen. Never let the fire go out the altar. So if you feel the Holy Ghost is dwelling, put another log on the fire. If you notice through the scripture in the Leviticus, that's what they was they were commanded. Keep the wood on the fire. Say, you've got to keep burning. You've got to keep bright. Moses was commanded to what? Have the children of Israel to bring the oil twice a day. Fresh oil. Twice a day to keep the lamps burning. You are the light, Jesus said. He says, you don't light a candle and put it on a bushel. What do you do? You put it on the stick so it gives light to everybody in the house. See? So if you're not living, dead candle. (laughs) Dead candle ain't light nothing. Right? But if it's alive, it's going to give off light. Same way with light bulb. One of these fluorescent bulbs goes out, it's going to be dark. See? It ain't doing nothing. So you got to see yourself as the same way. See? You stay plugged to the source, which is Jesus Christ, and you will shine bright continually. See? And you will live because he's a green tree. It's not a dry. He's not a dead tree. See, that's why David says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See, your spirit feel life. You're full of the Holy Ghost. He didn't give you part of the Holy Ghost. You know, you shall be filled. And so if I'm full of the Holy Ghost, then the things that came with the Holy Ghost should be radiant in my life. Because that's life. See? So you want to have a spirit feel life in all that we do. You need ever so often get a refreshing, right? Oh, everyone that thirsts. Isaiah 55, 1. Oh, everyone that thirsts. Come you to the water. And he that have no money, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor which that would satisfy not. Hearken diligent to me. Eat and let yourself delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Come here. And, and your soul shall live and I shall make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. See? So God says, come on. You know, listen to what I'm telling you and you're going to live. See, because he has come to give us life. Amen. Matthew 8, 11, 28 through 30. Amen. Come unto me, all you that are. Come <laughs> me, all you that are labor and heavy birth, laden, labor and heavy birth, And I will what? What's rest? The Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 28, 11, 12, with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to my people where so this is the rest that's called the weary, the rest, and this is the refreshing. The Holy Ghost is the refreshing. See? So if I'm thirsty, if I'm down, you know, notice how people, sports guys and, and ladies, 
when they when they're tired? What happens when they get the drink in their juice or whatever? It regenerates, it, it revigorates them. Well, it's the same way with the Holy Ghost. When you're feeling down, get another double dose. You know, <laughs> so build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, go into the holies of holies and and stick your head in the trough and you know and, and get yourself a big gulp. You know, and start worshiping God, praise Him, move on into the heavenly realm and magnify Him. You know, as as you speak in other tongues, as the Spirit of God give the utterance, it restores you, it rejoice, rejuvenates you. Here, Amen. Praise God. We want God to continue to move, amen, in our lives. You know, we, you don't have to worry about clothes and food and all that. Jesus says your dad already know you have need of that stuff. He says, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you have need of will be added unto you. So just start trusting God. Live. Stop worrying so much. That's not living. That's existing. Amen. He already knows you have needed stuff, right? You ain't going to take it with you anyhow. You came in here naked as a jaybird. You're going out one. I came in. I can bury you in an eight-piece suit, and a few weeks later, I could go to and open that casket if the bugs and the mites haven't ate it. It's still going to be there, but you ain't. <laughs> okay? You're gone. You're, you're out of here. You know? So, so you, don't worry about stuff. Focus on where you're going and who you are. Be excited about who you are. Be excited. Amen. Do you know why, you know, why people in Africa and some of these third world countries, you see all those people, you know, you, you, you guys, we see that and you wonder, why in the world, where is all those people out there shouting and stuff in the third world countries? You know why? It's because they realize if they don't have God, they don't have nothing. So they're willing to walk. I was teaching a leadership conference in Bangladesh and people walked eight hours to get there. Just to be able to hear. Just to be able to listen to some teaching about Jesus. You know, and the room probably wasn't even as hardly big as my office that people was able to get into. It was packed out, you know, but I mean, they worshiped. Amen. They praised God. I mean, you, you go to Africa and some of these countries, thousands and thousands of people, they walk a long way, long way just to get there. Amen. They're living. They're living. You know, we think, oh, those poor kids, they ain't, they are living. See, they're excited. I've seen little kids running around like we used to do when I was a kid, just rolling a little piece of, of, of stuff on the ground, just having fun, laughing, just like kids do everywhere. They're living. They're excited. Play tag, you know, you know, and, and I would be playing with them. And stuff after church and stuff. And they were so excited. Here's a foreigner, you know, that to them is playing with them. They're excited, playing tag, running around. They're living. From the oldest to the youngest, they're living. They got smiles running all over their face and stuff when you start talking to them. Amen. They're excited. That's what it's about. This new life, it brought... Boy, unspeakable. I've seen women and people testify that they were on their deathbed because of AIDS and, and stuff. And God lit them up. You know, they knew they didn't have money to go to any doctor. And if God had not touched them, you know, they're living. They're excited. They tell that story. How much more should we? Amen. To know what God has brought us out of and brought us through. Amen. We have to keep doing this thing. Amen. When we, Jesus says in Luke 10, you know, when he sent them forth by two and he sent the 70 out and they came back, they came back what? 
full of joy. They came back full of joy. They says, wow, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us through your name. They was excited. They, you know, I ask people a lot of time, what's your hobby? You know what? I've never had anybody tell me what their hobby is. Teaching Bible studies. I've never had anybody tell me their hobby is teaching Bible studies. What a hobby we, everybody should have that hobby if we're born again, shouldn't we? You know? So I've already purposed, you know, I'm taking my chart and I'm going to start going around with it and teach Bible study. I'm going to make that my hobby. You know? Might have to hang up my golf clubs. I don't play up much no more anyhow. I have to put up my fishing reel, but do that. <laughs> you know? But I, that's probably the best hobby because we life. We have life. Amen. And so the interest of God's word gives us life. It opens us and it gives us understanding. Jesus says the flesh profited nothing but the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. So if the word gives me spirit and life, then I'm supposed to live all the time because I know the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen. So I, He's given me His Word. So that's why I need to sing to myself psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in my heart unto the Lord. Because the Word of God, if His Spirit and life, if I have His Spirit by His Word, if I have life by His Word, then I'm supposed to live. Not die. Come on. That's what the Word does. The entrance to God's Word give it light. This is my comfort, the psalmist said, and my affliction. Thy Word quickeneth me. So when I'm afflicted, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what? The Lord delivers them up out of them all. Amen. If you faint in the days of adversity... Your strength is small. Amen. Proverbs 24.10. Amen. You're supposed to be strong. I think that's what the scripture says, right? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. This world against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, so I'm supposed to be filled. Because this life gives me spiritual filling. Infilling. This holy infilling that we just sung about. I just started living. on a brand new life. It changed my direction. Took away all my strife. I'm a newfound believer with an holy infilling. Days are brighter. Load is lighter. I just started living. So until you start living, guess what? Your days aren't going to be brighter. Your load aren't going to be lighter. But once you start living, according to God's word, you watch. Cares all pass away. What the old song says, home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. <laughs> See how it flows together? Amen. God's got our interests. He's got our best interests. Amen. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, my goodness. Wow. This new life is a mature life. It is a mature life. Psalms 101, verse 2 and 3. The psalmist says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will thou come unto me? I will walk within my house. With a perfect heart, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. It shall not plead to me. Amen. God's word prescribes a perfect way of life. And this perfect way which we have possessed to walk, and we must act wisely to walk it. We can neither walk in this way nor grow wise unto salvation unless we allow Christ in his word to lead us by his grace and spirit. But without me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. It is easier for most Christians to walk with a perfect heart in the world than in the church and their own families. We must mature 
or we will die. Amen. We need to mature, grow. Notice what the writers in Hebrews 5, he says, At the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which becomes the first principles of the oracles of God. See, we must mature. We must grow. Peter ends his, his, his epistle in 2 Peter 3.18. He says, but grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. To him be both glory now and forever. Amen. See, we got to grow and mature. You got to get right. Okay. Amen. You know, when you're right, you're ready for reproduction. Say, you want to mature. You don't, you don't want to keep having people to tell you what to do all the time, over and over. How many times did your parents have to tell you to grow up? Huh? My parents told me that for a while, you know, but then the light bulb went on. You know, act your age. You know, started acting mature. You know, if I'm not mature, then who's going to give me what is mine? I think that's what the scripture says. You know, a son, as long as he's being tutored, he ain't going to get what is his. See? But once he starts maturing, what does the dad do? He gives him... He start giving them liberty. He start giving them freedom. Say, you got to grow up. We have to mature. You don't need people to tell you what to do all the time. That's childish. You know, if I got to take you by the hand every minute of the day, if I got to tell you what to do at your own house, that's childish. Okay? You need to mature so that you know what you're doing. See? And this is what God wants. This mature life is a life that is for others to emulate. Grow up. <laughs> you know? See, there's even things in the world that says, now you are mature, you can go to this, or you can see this, or you can do that. How much more in the church? You know? That fig tree... Jesus says, three years I've been coming. Ain't nothing on it. Cut it down. Because you know? he saw at three years that tree should have been producing. Okay? In other words, it should have been ripe and mature to produce. If we've been in the church more than three years and we're not mature, Houston, we've got a problem. Okay? With the Holy Ghost power in us, nobody should need to tell me I don't do gossip about other people's business. Nobody needs to tell me I need to pray. Nobody needs to tell me I need to read my word. Nobody needs to tell me to give. Nobody needs to tell me to dress modest and righteous and holy. Nobody should tell need to tell me, you know, to, to come out from the world and be separate. Why? Because the Bible tells me the Spirit will lead you and guide you to all truth. See? So if I say I'm Spirit-filled, if I say I'm a one-God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again, heaven-bound, believing in liberating power of Jesus' name, then nobody needs to tell me to do right. The Spirit does that. How many, how many sermons have we heard? You ain't going to be around church long before you hear come out from being separate. You know? Think about what who we are. We know Him. Okay? So maturity is taking the initiative. Maturity is walking in your integrity. Maturity is being dependable. Maturity is being trustworthy. Maturity, amen, is having judgment. You know, look at Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom cry and understand and put forth his voice? It stands in the high places and the ways by the places of the path. 
It cries at the coming in of the gate, at the entry of the city, at the coming into the door. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple, understand wisdom, and you fools be with an understanding of Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and open my mouth shall be right things. All my words are in truth, and there's nothing in wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Think about what he's saying here. Amen. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and there's nothing perverse or forward in them. Forward or perverse in them. They're all plain to him that have understanding, and right to him that findeth knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than in choice gold. Wisdom is better than rubies and all the things thou may desire, but can't compare to it. Our wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of winning inventions. The fear of the Lord is the what? Hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way in the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, judges, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. And they that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honorers with me. Yea, dual but riches and righteousness. All my fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the right path of righteousness. In the way of judgment. So that those that love me may inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting. Ever the earth was. When there was no fountains abounding with depths. I was brought forth. When there was no fountains with water. Amen. Think about it. Wisdom. That's maturity. Is walking in wisdom. See? This is what God wants. He wants you to mature. That's what the word is there for. Is to help you. Proverbs 8 is the book. The book of Proverbs is nothing but wisdom, brothers and sisters. You want to mature? Read Proverbs every day. Amen. And I guarantee you, you will be overflowing with the wisdom and knowledge of God. You will make right choices, right decisions. You will have godly character. Amen. You will live the way God wants you to live. You will have a life of abundantly overflowing with life, newness of life. Because the mature life is that. It is a life as excitement. Amen. Nobody needs to tell you what to do. Jesus does that. Amen. Come on. You can do this thing. You've got life. He's brought life and that more abundantly. What does the song say? It would have been enough if he brought joy. It would have been enough if he brought peace. But he brought what? Laughter into my heart. See? Think about who you are. You are his. Amen. Nobody needs to tell you to do right. Come on. Isn't it amazing? We know to do right in the world. How much more the church? How much more the church? The world can't save me. And so if I'm going to be obedient to them, you better believe I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah. I used to tell soldiers all the time, you tell me you're a Christian and then you do wrong, it ain't happening on my watch. Yeah. If anybody should know to do right, it's us. We got the truth. You know? We want to live, 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 live. I can't express it enough. It's what God wants us to do. Amen. Praise God. It's important that we live according to his perfect will. There is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You find yourself condemning yourself? Mm -mm. Not in this life. Don't you ever think you're not good enough? No matter what people say about you, you're his. Next time somebody tell you, you ain't good enough, just tell them, ha, 
My daddy owned a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is my dad's in the fullness of the earth. You lucky I'm letting you live. <laughs> Tell my daddy take you out. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. You're his. Let this life be in you. Amen. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as he has loved us and given himself for an offering and a sweet smell and savor unto the Lord. Amen. Be that sweet smell. Amen. Of life and life abundantly. Amen. Praise God. We need to grow. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, right? Testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Amen. Eat a little honey for what ails you. <laughs> what does tell you? Eat a little honey. The word is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. <laughs> so whatever is ailing you and bother you, eat a little honey. In other words, eat a little word, okay? All right. So we have talked about this better life. Amen. And it, we're going to live. Okay? Ball is in your court. You want to live. Amen. Pick yourself up. Just encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Next month, we're talking about a better hope. The lessons are back there on the table. Make sure you get your lesson. Amen. Don't forget, amen, Sunday service. Amen. 